Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. You're listening to the Hit or Die podcast with hosts Jake Soldati and Chad Rothberg. Welcome back to the Hit or Die podcast, episode 18. Uh, we got a current big leaguer for you guys. And I know you're thinking it's probably me, but <laughs> it's not. Uh, all my fans out there, just relax. Uh, we got Jordan Luplo with us uh, out of Buchanan High School and uh, Fresno State, currently with the Cleveland Indians. Um, just a couple uh, on his background. Um, obviously, I said Buchanan, Fresno State, and then he was selected by the Pirates in the third round in 2014. Uh, he was Mountain West Player of the Year in 2014. He was second team All-American by American Baseball Coaches Association. Second team All-American by Baseball America. Second team All-American by Perfect Game. Louisville Slugger third team All-American by Collegiate Baseball. First team All-West Re- All Region, American Baseball Coaches Association. First team All-Mountain West, Academic All-Mountain West. Cape Cod League All-Star team. God, it just keeps going on. Whack tournament, most valuable player. Whack all tournament team. Academic all whack. Alaska baseball league all star team. Jeez, I mean, and you were whack. You were uh, academic all three years. I think. Is yeah, what I said. That's yeah, that's, that was uh, important to me growing up. And like we've heard from other presidents, it's important to Coach Batesall as well. Very. <laughs> um, you were also recruited. We talked about by UCLA, Fullerton, and Cal Poly. Um, but let's talk about your experience at Buchanan, you know, as a player. I mean, that's a powerhouse, a high school. And, um, you know, playing for Coach Donald and and just kind of keep keeping that legacy going of how powerful Buchanan was and uh, just the history of the players that have gone on to the next level and even the players that play for the Cleveland Indians from uh, Buchanan. Man, I got to go back to when Buchanan and Clovis North, when they first opened up, I don't think if Clovis North, if they don't open up, I don't know if I'm in the same place I am today, to be honest, because I wasn't, I didn't play seventh, eighth grade. Um, I only played like the wreck off, off the field stuff. Um, and I never played in school, man, until the Clovis North opened up and half the guys went that, that way, you know, big split. Yeah. So, uh, that opened up a spot for me at third and, uh, yeah, the rest is history, man. Just Could you grinded my way. <laughs> Could you imagine? No. Here's a big leaguer that <laughs> might not be playing baseball because the who, if the school didn't know who were you competing with at the time? Like who was always the guy that you had to fight? See, we had Seth at short, but Mariscal. Yeah, Mariscal. Chris Mariscal. Um, Tittle. Tittle. I mean, um, that team was loaded. I'm, they were the Alta Sierra team. <sighs> It was a joke. Did they lose a game? I think Tittle still brags about it. Probably not, man. I don't know. I was sitting from the bench watching. That's what I was doing. Did they lose to no, no Tom, but, Thomas Jefferson? At when I was at TJ, we played Alta's team. That that so it would have been your team, and they went like three years without losing a game, and you guys smoked us for the championship. At like ten, 
So you didn't even play on the Alta team? No. Nothing. That's crazy. I just did the wreck, the Little League, Calvert and stuff, and that's pretty much how I got better. Now, well, going back to Little League, even, you were on that River Park team that almost made it to the Little League World Series. Yeah, man, that was uh, that was a stacked team, too. I That was my first year coming over from Cal Ripken, and we got a bunch of guys that, that played college ball, and, you know, we did pretty well. Just didn't that one game. And how was Coach Donald, that experience? Donald, man, he expects a lot from his guys, um, work ethic-wise. I think I think that's where my foundation started. Um, you know, he, he always held us to really high standards, and the whole team, the organization, um, I mean, program, all the way, all the way from seventh grade, all the way to the to the top. So, just learning learning how to work hard, and you know, people are expecting you to work every single day. Um, I remember going up my freshman year and I think Sammy Donald, who's one of my best friends today, he was playing second base. And this is when I realized like, this is, this is like, I can't mess around when I'm out here. He got a ground ball hit to him during a scrimmage and it went through his legs. Tom stopped practice and just went out there and ripped him. (laughs) Absolutely ripped him. And I'm like, Dude, I gotta get better. Like, I can't let that happen to me, man. I don't want that. I don't want him in my face like that. And just, I mean, it was his own son. And I was yeah. like, imagine what he's gonna do to me. Yeah. You know. And so, uh, I think from that day on, I, I knew that you know when when we're practicing, you're laying out, you're running hard, you're sliding, you're doing everything. Um, yeah, he expected a lot from guys. And then uh, <clears throat> national champion. I mean, what did that feel like being? you know, high school national champion. And I kind of, I know it feels good, but coming from an outsider, I know our area, it's good for all the national champions, but wouldn't you want, well, and most, (laughs) most of the people despise Buchanan because they're always good. Mm -hmm. I I don't, I, I mean, I grew up with Prieto and Donald, you know, I never had any bad blood with Buchanan, but it makes it even more sweeter, I bet, though. You know what I mean? Everybody's hating. Yeah. yeah it's like the Yankees around here, you know? Yeah. That's what you it feel is. like. So, I mean, that was the first national championship for Buchanan. I mean, for all that tradition, you know, to come to – it was the 11 team, right? Your mm-hmm. senior year? I mean, what was that like? That was just a wild ride, man. You know, I was I was hurt most of that year. Um, and they, you know, they stepped up. And everybody, every game was just all in. And the bench, like, it looked like an army was on the bench. There was probably, I don't know, 15 seniors, it felt like, you know, a handful of them playing, the rest of them just cheering everybody on. Everyone's rooting for everybody. Um, it was it was just special, man. These guys, like, only a couple, a couple of them went on to play college ball and, uh, you know, go on from there. But it was just a bunch of grinders, you know, just a bunch of athletic kids that just wanted to win and play ball. Yeah, and obviously the the success before us set us up for that. I think you know the national championships, Buchanan, the reputation. I think that got us that press. Well, we were talking too, like when you walk into the ballpark, you see Donald. The, what is produced? Yeah, you right. kind of. I mean, I was going to ask you, like, do you get that feeling of like I got to live up to that? I gotta, I gotta represent that. That's on my stadium. Oh, I was like, I'm, I'm going to be the next guy that's up there. That's what I was thinking. You know, selfishly, I, I was like, that. I want to be up there. That was like, that's cemented there forever, right. you know. And 
if you get up there, you're, everyone gets to see you and know like, hey, this program has produced this guy and this guy and this guy. So for me, looking at those those posters was like, I wanted to be in there, man. I wanted to, I wanted to get my name up there. So getting into your uh, recruiting process, you know, it showed UCLA, Fullerton, Cal Poly, and you ultimately went to Fresno State. But what was that? You know, we like to ask everybody that's been recruited, like, what was that process like for you and decision making, all that stuff? I I told myself when I was getting looked at, I'm never ever ever going to Fresno State, ever. I'm getting out of here. I need to leave. I didn't really. I was. Just, I just wanted to get out. You know, I wanted to go to some big school, have a good time and, you know, play some baseball and it ended up not panning out like I did. You know, I went to UCLA, uh, for a visit, you know, purse was there and he, uh, took me around the field and I, sh- <laughs> I show up on campus and he's like, I'm going to give you a tour of the campus. Me and my mom are there. He's like, go to this statue and someone will meet you there. Next thing I know, this very attractive blonde walks up and she's like, hi, are you Jordan? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm your tour guide. We're going to show you around. I'm like, they do it right around here. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but man, after that, I, was, I fell in love. The campus was beautiful. Um, the stadium, the cages, everything was great. I was like, I want to go here. And uh, they found out that I could, I could kick in football. And so they were like, hey, you know, our coaches, we've kind of been talking and we're going to see if we can get you, you know, maybe playing some football, kicking for the team and maybe get you a football scholarship and then come here to play baseball as well. And I was like, well, I mean, I just kicked for fun in high school. You know, it was just something I was pretty good at. And, uh, you know, I ended up not panning out. And then a uh, guy, Brian Marsubian, he takes, he takes me to lunch one day and goes, hey, man. You need, you need to go to Fresno State. I was like, no, soup. I'm not doing that. He's like, you're you're going to go. You're going to play every day. You're going to be the right fielder every day. You're going to get your at-bats. And then you're going to get drafted. I was like, well, that sounds great and all, but I, I still don't want to go. And, you know, I, I sat there and went went and talked to my parents and, you know, realized that's probably the best option I got, especially after being injured my senior year and, you know they were they were throwing a pretty good scholarship my way and I'm I'm happy I went there now. Yeah. And I like okay so we have this you know I know baseball scholarships are freaking terrible. Yeah. Um they're trying to come out with this third assistant coach but then something just came out the other day where you know why don't we make sure all athletes have full scholarships before we talk about anybody making money. You know and and I I posted something out there. I said, the only ones that really complain about making money are the ones that have everything for free anyways. Like you don't really hear the baseball players come out and say, you know, we want to make money on this. We'd rather just have more scholarship money so we can, we don't have to take out school loans or, you know, uh, pay back anything at the end of the end of the time we're there. What do you kind of feel or think about, you know that, like, you think the eleven point seven that's just too low for baseball. I mean, if you if you're gonna start paying guys, you gotta you gotta do the scholarships first. I feel like I think that's a good route. I actually just read that the other day. I actually think you retweeted it or something. Yeah. Right? So yeah, that's where I saw it, and um, I think that's a great idea. I think you should do that before you get into pay, like paying players. You know, I don't. College is is so different. It's 
you're there to play baseball with your boys. You know, it's not like professional ball where you're you're looking out for yourself. You know, you're trying to be better than everybody. And the, in college, you're trying to be one team and you know win something together. And I, I I just don't think paying guys will help that atmosphere. You know, it'll it'll bring a you know oh this guy's getting paid more than this guy now. You know, it's I, I just don't think that's right, man. Almost like a cancerous vibe. Yeah, I just they're they're already getting scholarship money like well if they pay for your books or your schooling like well let's be honest you went to fresno state it's a big time school but it's not like the sec but you're having your clothes or everything's free you get all your clothes your bats your gloves your batting gloves everything baseball attires free you have your room and board paid for and this is if you're on a full scholarship so this is like what the football and basketball what they get you have all your room and board you have your tuition paid for, your books, and you get money on the side. So they're technically getting money anyways. That's free spending money, which is almost up to two to $2,500 a month. So how is that not enough for a college kid? You know, that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, I agree. You know, I don't, I mean, I get getting, making money off of your players, but it's everything's for the program. I mean, that's why there's million dollar facilities. And this is where we kind of agree to disagree. There's million-dollar facilities, million-dollar locker rooms. I mean, the stuff's just immaculate, you know, and you're just there to love your college, and that's why the fan bases are better, you know, in college than professional um, for the football and basketball, not as much so baseball, but depending on where you're at. So I just think in that, that like you're saying, I think it will take away from that experience of college baseball. Yeah, I agree, man. Well, I don't disagree with you. No, I just... I think definitely scholarships should be addressed. There's things to address first. Yeah. But I don't mind a kid making money on a program that, you know, like we said, Alabama's football revenue is $100 million plus a year. You know, and you're going to sell $2 million in two jerseys. I don't know, man. I just, I, he's getting an education, but what's that worth nowadays, too? You want to know, I, I have a small business with 15 employees, and not one of them has a college degree. So what I mean how how big is that really worth? I mean it's important to a lot of things. I'm not saying it's not, you know. Um but is it worth what they say it's worth? In a and who knows what those degrees are in. You even said it, you know, there's certain kids where with baseball you can only get certain degrees. You know, pre-med students <laughs> you're going to have to take certain courses that may not allow you to play baseball. Well, if you're there to play baseball, you're not going to be a pre-med major then. Yeah. You can't do that. That's not an option for you. So, no, no, I'm just being devil's advocate too a little bit. No, I know, I know, and I just, I, it's hard for me because I was at there too, you know, like 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 Loop. I was there and got to see it firsthand. Just how well you're treated in college, you know. What's what's there? What else do you want? I know, man. You get all the gear. You get the bats. You get the cleats. You get the custom gloves. You get. I mean, I was not even thinking about getting paid. I was happy to get all those all that stuff, and you know. They travel. They pay for your travel. They give you meal money. They give you everything, man. They don't, you don't, I mean, you don't need to get paid, man. They give you room and board, like food. They they feed you too. Like It's just greed. Yeah. It's just it's the just, world it, we're in, man. Like Bennett said, there's not many, they don't have the passion for the game they're playing. They want more. And I feel like that's why a lot of the sports, I think it, it's going down. Like just the ability, you know, because even from when you played in 2011, I think the ability of base nobody bats four hundred anymore, Loop. 
Like that. Like everybody thinks three hundred's okay in high school. Like no, if you're good or great, you're over four hundred. You're batting four fifty. I mean, you would hit what four seventy seven your junior year or something like that. Um, in high school, yeah, I think I was at I was right at four twenty. Uh, still four twenty. I mean, that's nobody hits that anymore. Yeah. Well, it's all homers and strikeouts. I was talking to Donald last night about it, um, Jason, and. It's, it's a different game being played now, man. Everyone wants to hit homers and not grind out at bats. They're just like, all right, these three pitches are for me. It's not two for me, one for the team anymore. You know, it's it's different, man. And I'm still bred that that old two for me, one for the team. You know, when you get that two strikes, this is a grind. You're battling. You're trying to get on base. You're trying to draw a walk. You're trying to any way you can touch first base. That's that's what you got to do, man. Any specific memories at state? Oh. <sighs> I'm sure there's quite a few, but any specific ones? Yeah, I mean that whack tournament. Yeah, that thing, you know, the video you showed me, that was special. That was a good team too. We had we had some good pitching. Um, <laughs> you guys know, uh, well, this is this involves Brink too. You guys had him on the show. Yeah. This is me. It was me, Brink, and uh, Taylor Temple. Mm-hmm. Remember him, Close Eye. Close Eye, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first day we show up late. We 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 uh, were late to the cage. And Bates will beat us. He goes, oh, you three. And he did it on purpose. You know, he was, he was baiting us in, you know. <laughs> and, you know, set us, set us straight. And uh, he goes, you three, we're doing wall and backs. You know, I think it's foul line to the opposite field wall. So we're doing that until uh, we get like four or five in. And Temple goes, guys, I got to take a dump. <laughs> and, and I was like, dude, you, are you going to go like right now we're running? He's like, I can't, I can't hold it anymore, man. I can't, I can't do it. And so he didn't make it in time. And so Basil sent him home and he goes sprinting to his car and just, he's like, guys, I got to get out of here. Like, I got to go, man. And that was the first day of college. And that's when I knew this is going to be the best time of my life. Uh, that's awesome. I saw one the other day. I don't know who tweeted it. Was it, did you, oh, you may have seen it. It was Berbera or somebody to- posted about perfect pregame. Oh yeah, like five hundred times. Well, then it was the a temple, or what was the picture? Uh, it was the video of his the ball off the wall that you barehanded oh, and yeah. threw the guy out at second. And Ribeiro was like, "You don't get that way until you're doing over um, perfect pregame, perfect pre or outfield, perfect crack, in and out, yeah, yeah or whatever, like yeah. three hundred and fifty times." And I think Pat Ware said something, and then Bates all tweeted Temple <laughs> like, and, and all exclamation points, and, and all exclamation points. Yeah, we probably would have been watching a lot more ESPN if Temple would have got that perfect in and out better. You know, <laughs> uh, that's good, man. And I mean, obviously, I know there's a lot of talk. You had, you had this, you had a little guy next to you in college that has done pretty good. Uh, you know, I know you guys just ended on Sunday. He's gonna be playing. I think they play tomorrow. How was it playing with you know Aaron Judge? It was it was great, man. It was. Uh... You know, we hit it off pretty good. Came over for Easter a couple times, you know, when he didn't want to go back home. And, you know, since I'm from here, you know, had some of those guys over. But working out with them, trying to keep up with them, <laughs> wasn't wasn't easy. But, you know, he always pushed you, and uh, you're always pushing him. And, you know, he obviously drew some scouts out there. And being in his beat, I tell people, being in his batting practice group was terrible. Because you go, you you think you did good, and then he just, you know, hits one 40, 50 feet farther than you, and you're like, well, there, there goes my shot, <laughs> you know. But uh, no, man, it's hard to it's hard to compare yourself to to a guy like that, man. He works hard, 
He's a good good human. Um, he's earned everything he's got. He seems like the genuine deal, man. Yeah, he really does. Yeah, man. I think he's doing a camp here too, um, for his All Rise Foundation in November. Yeah, like late November. Um, yeah. So be on the lookout for that, and uh, we got to get him on here. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, no, he just you see the stuff people post, and it's like I don't I don't see any and different teams, different ballparks. I don't think anybody hates that guy. He's like, <laughs> you know what I mean. He's like the JJ Watt of the MLB. You know, That's like good, he's like JJ Watt will play catch with everybody before the game, no matter if it's away or home. I feel like Judge is like that guy, like away or home, he'll go talk to any of the kids and and all that. And it's nice to that's just a great role model, you know, for young kids to look up to and literally look up to. Um, <laughs> how but, how much fun is that? You get to go treat a kid to some catch out of before a game. Well, you never, uh, you know, you you go and do it, and you're just like, oh, it's a game of catch to me, you know. I'm just, you know, this kid looked like he was having a good time, and you know, you go play catch with him. Next thing you know, it's like, well, the internet now kind of blows it up, right? But you, you don't know how special it is for them, you know. You sign a ball for a kid, and he like starts crying. Yeah, you forget. And, you kind of forget how much how important that was when you were a kid. Yeah, man, you kind of. Because you just you just get like desensitized to it a little bit because there are guys that that take advantage of you and you know try and sell stuff and do that and try to you know get you to sign certain things certain ways and it's just you know it puts a bad taste in your mouth. A They're little making bit. a living off you, right? And um, you know it is what it is part of the part of the thing. But when you see a kid, man, like freak out that you gave him a bat or a batting glove, you know, or you know just say hey to him, give him a fist bump on deck, like. Being you a fan for life, dude. Yeah, you don't realize how how much of an impact you can make just by doing that, man. I, you know, you see a kid on deck, and I'd give him a little. Because in Cleveland, there's that that like under um, under section where they, they the fans can sit, and it's like eye level, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so like kids will be there, and they'll be like, hi, yeah, yeah. you know, you just <laughs> give them a little like knock. If you get a hit, you do it again, you know. <laughs> um, but you don't realize how uh, how special that is for those people, you know. And getting into your draft process, what was that like for you? You know, were you did you know? I mean, obviously, conversations with scouts and have an idea of where you were going to end up, or like, how does that work for you? Um, I mean, you try not to worry about it when you're in college, but it's always there. You know, you got scouts, the only people that are watching your scrimmages, and you know, forty degrees, and when you're in fall or whatever um but it was it was it was pretty simple for me you know you meet the meet with the scouts at the local starbucks and you sit down and they ask you a question maybe you'll do some some tests on the computer those like uh eye tests or whatever i don't know what they what they do that for but um you know character tests and then you just kind of go about your season man you try and have the best year you can and um i remember having a having a dream that I was like, all right, I think I'm going to go in the third round, number 100, but it was to the Cubs. Oddly enough, I go third round, 100, but to Pittsburgh. And uh, I remember the day of the draft, I, the first day, I thought I, I thought I might go on the first day, and I didn't, so I was like a little upset. You know, I thought I did well enough, and I go to the gym the next day, I got to get out of here. I can't like keep thinking about this. So I go to the gym, and... You know, I, I get back home, and right when I get home, my mom's watching TV, and the draft's on, and I get a call, and it's Pittsburgh. They say, "Hey, you ready?" 
you're you're coming up. This is going to be for you. And I'm sitting there looking on TV and it happened and my mom starts crying and I'm jumping up and down, man. It was, it was insane. It was one of the most, more special moments in my life. And, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. Is it more of like relief? Like all your, everything you've put into it finally paid off? Yeah, a little bit. But for me, it's, I just had such a bigger picture, I think. And I think that's, kids need to realize that it's like, yeah, this is special, but there's still work to be done. You know, I think that's another thing, you know, Buchanan and Fresno State instilled in me. It's like, yeah, you did, you did really good. Like, congratulations, but there's still work to be done. Like, obviously you celebrate it, you know, you take the time to, you know, thank everybody and, you know, enjoy it. But then you just get right back to work, man. You gotta, there's always something to do. And I think that's the mindset not only Buchanan and Fresno State, but the Central Valley kind of does. Like they hard work and blue collar people. And that's kind of after the draft, I was like, all right, let's go. Let's do this. From college to pro ball, you see it every now and then going from the metal bat to the wood bat. You did play in the Cape, you know, in the Alaska League wood bats. Um, how was the adjustment for you? Was it, you know, because some people, sometimes they just hit better with wood or, you know, but the adjustment from college to pro ball, what was that like? It's different, man. You, I, I remember a scout coming up to me and asking, like, "What? How do you think you're gonna do?" I go, "I've seen all the pitching. I, you know, I've seen a hundred. I've seen a good slider. This is in college. I'm saying this, and I've seen all the pitching. I think I'm all right. I'll, I'll be good." Boy, was I wrong. I didn't see some, you know, Latin seventeen year old throwing two seamers at ninety eight. You know, with a with a nasty slider. I wasn't. I was not prepared for that, but um. The transition from from wood to metal is, you know, I was lucky lucky enough to have a Cape Cod coach, Benny Craig, feel good hitting. I don't know if you guys ever. I've heard of that. I think feel, feel good hitting. I've that's heard like, of that. That's my guy. It's like, so he taught me. You know, you got to back off the plate, give yourself room, because now that inside pitch, you're not gonna get jammed and get a base hit. You're gonna shatter your bat and get a ground ball. You know, um, so there's little adjustments you got to make. Um, you got to find out what works for you, but. Um, yeah, it's different. There's there's definitely less of a sweet spot and you got to you got to focus in a little more, man. It's it's different. I mean, you had a big what? I'm talking about your analytics, your process of the hitting. Yeah, yeah we can get into that. Um, perfect time I love for this. It. Yeah, I love it too. Cuz I think I cuz even uh oh my god. Tony? Tony he he doesn't like it, but he, they have so much information that you it sometimes proves you a little bit wrong, so you use it. But he also said, you know, we're talking about Manzo. Well, and they have a guy that go on the road with them and do it. Yeah. And some guys use it, some guys don't. Um, yeah. You know, I liked your take on it. I loved your take on it. A little bit it. ago. Let's get, let's get, let's have all these guys out there that think they know about hitting. What is the a mindset and approach of a big league hitter in, in Jordan Luplo? Um, so I start my day in the cage on the tee. I've always why, been a tee why guy. The, why the tee? It grooves your swing. I, th- I just think you gotta you gotta focus on contact points on different you know outside, inside, middle. Um, it helps you focus in on uh, myself. Focus in on the contact point where you want to hit this pitch. You know, if this pitch shows up in a game, this is where you need to hit it. And I think you can do that on front toss, but it doesn't slow the game down for you. 
And that's ultimately what it's all about, slowing the game down. And, you know, I'm just I'm just hitting line drives in the cage. I'm not trying to pop it up to the top of the cage like I see some of these kids nowadays, you know, especially high school, you know, college kids that are a buck 80 soaking wet and they're trying to hit homers. Like, that's not it's not going to come yet. It didn't come for me till what, I think you said double 17, A? Yeah, 17, yeah. Um, I think I was, what, 23? So. I don't know. You're still a pup. <laughs> yeah i mean i start on the tee um i go the other way and then i i uh i work on inside hitting it the right way i don't i don't i don't want to hook or pop it up i want to stay inside it and drive it up the middle or you know over the shortstop um because i tend to get a little spinny like my, my front side opens up a little bit so i do that and i do a lot of off center bp or uh soft toss especially if i'm facing a lefty since I'm a righty, I'll have them over on the on the you know left hand angle side because I had a lot of trouble with those those cutters and and sliders that were coming into me. Um, so I just I'm like this is the only way to replicate it, you know. I do that, and then if I'm facing a righty that day, um, I have them kind of on my left side, and that's that's the hardest one for me because you got to really stay on that ball and you know drive it to the right side of the cage, right center of the cage, and um, that's how I start my day, and then I'll go into batting practice and do my thing there and uh oddly enough they have an iron mic in cleveland and i wore it out all year you know they have all these high-tech machines yeah. nowadays the three wheels and i'm sitting here on an iron mic Old in the school. big leagues you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um i mean that's what i grew i'm sure you guys yeah. do too you guys yeah. grew up on We're it old. you know um you're talking about batting practice and <clears throat> like a lot of these kids, they get in there and they just want to—they want to get after it right away. And I try to bring in the, a simpler approach of like, "Hey, you got to get your swing ready first before you get after it." You know, what kind of approach do you take when you get into batting practice? So usually, I try and practice at a less percent than I would in a game because I know, all right, if I'm if I'm swinging at sixty percent, that's going to groove my swing to how I want it. And then in the game, your adrenaline's going to kick in and then you're going to, you're going to be swinging at, you know, 80, 90%. Um, I don't think you should ever swing a hundred percent in a game in batting practice or anything. Um, but I'm always working right center first off, maybe even shooting the four hole, you know, a couple ground balls there, just kind of get that feel. Cause if you get, if you get fooled on a pitch, you're not gonna be able to swing up and hit a homer on it. I think, being able to hit those holes in the infield is important, you know, to keep that average up um, and to keep your strikeouts down because that's, you know, nowadays it's all about home runs and strikeouts. But, you know, when you guys got sliders coming in, you at 89, 90 on the black outside or inside, whatever it is, righty, lefty, you're not going to just be able to pop it up over the fence, you know. So you got to groove your swing for those pitches that are tougher. Um so yeah, I'll just stay right side, and then the last couple rounds, I'll try and go to center field and you know hit some homers to center. Never really try and go to left though, unless they come in there. And why is that? I I know why, but I I want everybody to hear, you know why. I mean, because that's pulls easy, right? Yeah, anybody like, can pull anyone baseball. can pull homers. Like, yeah. not a lot of people can do damage the other way, and that's where that's where you need to make your money. Because if you look at the heat map, well now they have. You guys talk about analytics and stuff like that. Every single heat map's slowing away, man. Every single guy 
when in doubt, they're going to go loan away. Because, I mean, you guys read Ted Williams' book, The Science of Hitting, which I carry with me everywhere. It's in my backpack at all times. Um, Loan away is the lowest average you're probably going to have. Majority of hitters, right? Like, that's just just it. Like, that's where they're going to try and pitch you because that's, they're not going to get hurt there for the most part if you can't hit that pitch, you know? So, uh, that's why I think in high school, even when you were in high school, how many guys threw into you? No one. Exactly. You're as 80 to 90% if higher away. It hasn't changed. And that it hasn't changed. And that's why I try to get these high school guys look, you have to think right center and react in. You know, if you can hit the ball to right center, your hands will be quick enough to get to that pitch in because they're not going to throw you in. They might show you a pitch in, you know, or they might, you know, try to surprise you. But I just feel like the game is lost on trying to hit the ball the other way. Everybody wants to be pull happy. And I feel like you can't. And I'm a guy that I, I hit homers and I hit, I drive, drove in runs and I still had a high batting average because I, I wanted to be a complete hitter. I wasn't worried about it. the home runs just come. You know what I mean? When you try to hit home runs, they're not going to come. So I wanted to be a complete hitter, and that's the way I try to get these guys going is, you know, right center or lefties, left center. If you could drive a ball to left center field and you can drive a ball to right center field, a scout's going to be more impressed by that than you pulling a ball down the line, you know. so Well, you, I mean, you got guys in high school throwing 82, 85. I mean, yeah. some guys can hit 90. I mean, there's a couple this year. 82 shouldn't beat you inside. No. If you're on time and in a good spot to hit, 82 should not beat you in. No, and I think a big thing that I got from you saying, you know, 60%, and it's all about muscle memory. You know, that's what I, I try to get these guys. It's muscle memory, you know, T work. Everything we do, it's, it's how consistent can your swing be? Because that's the difference. I tell them, look, the difference between you and a freshman in college is consistency and so on and so forth and so on. And you know going through every single level – the difference between you was your consistency and you just kept getting consistent, consistent, consistent. And that's why you are the way you are and, and where you are. And I just feel like, you know, like you said, I love it. 60%. Cause I'll tell guys that look, just go 70, you know, try 70 boom back net. Yeah. Like that was smooth and you hit it harder cause you didn't try, you know? And I think they just want to get in there. Oh, I'm going to lift. I'm going to, yeah. No, man, you get it. You know where I I figured that out when um, I got on a machine and it was probably, it felt like it was 120 (laughs) coming at me, you know, just straight fastballs. You try and muscle up on a machine throwing throwing 95 to 100, I guarantee you won't hit it. You try and play pepper with it, which that's what I think. You know, when someone's throwing hard, it's like, just get the barrel there, play pepper. See how many more times you'll make contact, good contact with that ball. Yeah. Because it's going to make you slow, early, on time, with that pitch, and you're going to be you're going to be able to hit it. I mean, that's it's unbelievable. It's it, it's, I love it. it's crazy. Pepper's a lost art too. How about that? It it definitely is. I'll play it with the machine. I'll, I told you guys about the the iron mic, man. I'll sit there and just play Pepper with that thing. Mm. Yeah, I love this crap, man. <laughs> this is this is my oh, no, jam this, right this here, dude. I, too. I'm just I'm fired up. Um, ah, I love that shit. Sorry. But, uh, you know, let's get in back into, oh man, I just love hitting. I love that. I'm on the same page with the big league guys and minds and stuff. Well, guys, guys like me to add on to that, guys like me aren't gonna, I'm not going to muscle up and hit homers. 
I'm going to hit homers by putting the right spin on the ball first off. Stay inside it and put the right spin on it. You know, you can hit a ball 108 miles an hour off the bat, but if it doesn't have the right spin, it's just going to be, you know, a topper somewhere or just, you know, float up in the air. You got to put the right spin on the baseball. And I, I think that's the last couple years, that's what I've also focused on is how is this, how is my spin coming off when I hit off T off the um, front toss BP? How is it? How is my spin? Is it, is it overspinning in the air? Is it kind of diving down with the little top spin the other way? That's when you know, all right, something's off. You gotta, you gotta be able to, you know, backspin some ball with some some carry. Yeah. How much prep work are you doing too? Like getting into a pitcher, you know, video, for, you know, that night, can, you know, things they go to certain counts. Like understanding your count. Like I mean, knowing what you're looking for. Two one one one. Mm-hmm. consistency with the pitcher. I mean, how much of that prep goes into it too? So you, you know, kids now, nowadays in high school and college, they don't have the stuff that we do, you know, heat maps on different counts and stuff, but that's, that's what watching the game does for you pretty much, right. you know, cause a guy, you can have all the information on a guy, but he may decide, yeah, I'm not going to do that tonight. I'm going to pitch in. I'm not going to throw away. I'm going to pitch into everybody tonight. So you got to watch the game first and foremost and see what he's got that night. Um, but as far as up there, man, I started looking at uh, heat maps and different counts. Oh, 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 one, oh, to every single count. And you'd be surprised how, like, guys like CC Sabathia, I go up and I'm like, man, every time it's 2 1 or like an advantage count, there's a lot of red in, low and in. And it's that cutter, his little cutter in. So I'm like, why would I not sit on that? What, like, all right, he throws a changeup away. I'm probably not going to hit that anyway. So let's let's sit on something he's more likely to throw. And so that's what I started doing. And you'd be surprised how tendencies, how many tendencies these guys have. You know, is that just something you think you think they're just comfortable, like and and the catcher and pitcher that's just there. They know I'm coming. He's right here. He's coming with this cutter. Like that's just automatic absolutely and especially if you watch the guys in front of you you know usually i was batting fifth fourth or fifth so i had a couple of guys in front of me to see what their go-to was that night and um yeah and you just kind of you know you you go to bat for a series and you're like man these guys really pounded me in and the next series are pounding you in again all right i gotta get there then you make the adjustment and then next series all right, they're going away now all right, all right i gotta get them away one you know, I started noticing when I get an advantage counts, all they're doing is nibbling away. So I'm like, 2-0, 2-1, Like, I'm getting on the dish, and I'm going to take that ball the other way or center field the other way. And that helped me with that. Um, my last game, Patrick Corbin, you know, he just kept nibbling away, away to start the at-bat and advantage counts. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to I'm gonna reach out there. You know, the ball's two feet off, two balls off the plate. But if I'm looking out there, I'm going to go hit that thing, you know. And what, you went two for three with two bombs in your last game? Yeah. yeah. Two days after your birthday? Yeah. We do our research here. <laughs> Hit or die podcast. <laughs> um, God, I love hitting. Um, so getting back into now, we'll go right into your 2017 season. I mean, you just went double A, triple A. I mean, you, you said you only played like 21 triple A games. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there were some injuries in the they brought you up after that, but uh, I mean, 23 homers. I mean, your stats were unreal um, that year in 2017. 
I'm sure I don't do. Were you minor league player of the year that year? That's yeah. what I, I figured, but I don't know if, since you got brought up, they didn't give it to you. What's it like? Did you have a clue? I mean, they bring you in. Tell us that whole yes. process of getting called up. Never man. gets old. Oh, I know. Man. I mean, and I know you're going to get goosebumps talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, let our, let who cares about whoever's listening? Let us know. I want to know what the heck. <laughs> I want to know what that's like, man. All right. Um, so, I, you know, I was in double A. I actually went to that, my Cape Cod hitting coach for the first time, that Benny Craig feel good hitting that off season. And he completely revamped. You know, the stay on plane kind of thing, you know, swing a little more up thing. And that's that's something I learned, you know, when I got into pro ball, obviously. And it just took off that year. I just, I felt comfortable. I felt confident. And I, I started having a good year and I got called up to AAA. And a couple of guys got hurt. It's all, by the way, it's not only you doing good to be in the big leagues, you got to kind of get lucky too, you know, to get that shot. Um, and so I was fortunate enough that, you know, someone got hurt up there and about two, three days before I actually got called up, my manager called me in and he said, you almost went up to the big leagues about three days ago or, you know, yesterday, whatever it was. And I was like, man, my heart started pounding. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh wow. I'm that close. And, um, two days later, uh, my grandparents fly in to Indianapolis. That's where the AAA is for the pirates. And, we just got done with dinner, and I, I mean, like you said, I was there for 20, 30 games, whatever it was, and I hadn't even seen the city yet. So I'm, I'm walking around by myself and just enjoying the views of Indianapolis, a beautiful city, and I get a call from my manager, and it's right around trade deadline time. And I go, oh, shit, I'm going to get traded. This is it. <laughs> this is, I'm, getting, I'm getting traded, man, and I'm, like, freaking out. And so I let it ring for a little bit. I'm like, do I answer do I not? Okay, Andy Barquet, who's who is now the assistant hitting coach in Boston for the Red Sox. He's like, "Hey, Loop, what are you doing?" I'm just you know hanging out. Just got done with dinner. He's like, "Oh, your your family in town?" And he's it's like he's softening me up to tell me I just been traded, right? So I'm freaking out. And uh, how was dinner? What'd you have? And just ask me <laughs> questions. I'm like, just get to the point, man. Let's go. Come on. He's like, hey, uh, how long are your grandparents in town? And I go, I go, uh, probably three more days. And he goes, well, you need to have them schedule a flight to San Diego because you're going up to the big leagues. And I was like, don't f with me right now, Marquette. <laughs> like, come on, man, this is are you serious right now? And he goes, yeah, kid, you're going to the big leagues. I just want you to go up there. I want you to be yourself. Do what you've been doing. That's going to be good enough, and um, have a blast with it. Like, uh, they'll be contacting you for more information or whatever. I'm like, all right, thanks, Bark. Hang up. And I just dropped to my knees in the middle of a parking lot in Indianapolis downtown. And I'm, like, happy, like, sad, like, tearing up. And and then I call my mom, and I really tear up. You know, I tell her because she's crying, and I'm like, this is unbelievable. And, you know, my family finally finds out. I call everybody, and... I turn around and across the street there's a there's a bar that a lot of the guys go to and I see three of my teammates walking in the bar and I scream over I'm like, I'm going to the show <laughs> and I run across the street car I could have got hit and killed I didn't even look at the street I just ran across to my guys and they're like no way you're going to the big leagues all this stuff and I think that we had an off day in 
San Diego the next day. So, you know, we have a couple drinks and they're like, well, you know, drinks on me, you know, let's go loop. And, you know, had a good night and it was, it was pretty special, man. That was, that was unreal. And walking into that locker room, what was that like? Like seeing guys like McCutcheon and we were talking Harrison and Marte was on that team. David David Freeze was on that team. Um, you had a lot of vets. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you did you go to spring training big league at all? No, no. So this is even but it better. Said, it said you did get some abs um, while you were there. Yeah, I like you know when they had the hour road trip in Florida down to <laughs> the Fort split Myers, star, the split like, squad stuff. Yeah, and that's the one I'm going on. You know, with, with all with the minor, all league other guys minor leaguers that are playing. You know, and uh, yeah, I think I had a couple at bats there, um, but I had no idea. I didn't know anybody. I hadn't played with anybody there. And so I was like, I don't know a single soul in this locker room. I was, my heart was beating the whole time. You know, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And, you know, guys are coming up to me. Um, I think Daniel Hudson with the Nationals now, he was next to me. And um, Tony Watson, left-hander for the Giants. He was, he was they, were, they were both my locker guys, uh, locker buddies. And, you know, they're older. They're like, hey, man, like anything we can do for you, like, let me know. And, you know, I went through my day and BP, the parents come in and they're crying. My aunts are crying and everything, you know, I'm just trying to take batting practice and I got this going on, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I go to my locker and, and they, so what they do when you first walk in, uh, they have the game day Jersey hanging in front of the locker. And so usually like you put it away and you just grab it. And so I, I was like, Oh, you know, this is just a, know where my locker is because there's a loop low on the back and stuff. I put the wrong jersey on when I go out for the game. I'm starting to walk out the locker room, and Garrett Cole stops me and goes, Loop, I'm only saying this because it's your first day in the big leagues, but you got the wrong jersey on, bud. <laughs> and I look down, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so I got to go change, and I'm just, you know, nervous, just, you know, trying to figure out a way to calm down. I have no idea, you know. Forgot about Garrett Cole on that team, too. Yeah. Jesus. Um, Pittsburgh was good, man. When you were with them, they were good. Um, they were playoff contenders, you know. Um, Your first hit was, I, I think we only did this with Donald, right? That's the only the big leaguer. Oh, yeah. Had. Yeah, do it. He don't remember. Are you kidding yeah. me? I know, but it's still fun. All right. Do you remember who it was? Off of Tyler Molly and Tyler Molly, yeah. Lefty or righty? He's still with the Reds too, right? Righty, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd actually faced him in AAA earlier that year. Did you go bomb off him too in AAA? (laughs) No, no, man. He was nasty. (laughs) He's a good pitcher. Um, but I just it was more confidence, you know. It's like all right, I've seen this guy before, you know. I'm I'm good. This guy's because I I was facing Lester, like Cole Hamels, and those that those lefties from the Cubs, and they were just. I was just starstruck, you know, when I first got there and um, not too confident because I'd never seen stuff like I've never seen a cutter like John Lester in my life. That thing is from hell. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, Tyler Molly, I actually, when I first got called up, I didn't get a hit. Freaking out. Like, I can't do this. I can't, I can't hit in the big leagues. I'm terrified, you know. Um, so I go back down to AAA and I do well, and I get called back up probably, I don't know, hand, a week later, a week and a half later, because it's September. 
And I finally get the first hit off Tyler Molly up the middle and just breathe. And you just feel these weights just come off your shoulder and you're just like, thank God. <laughs> and then later that game, I end up facing Wandy Peralta. Um, and I just jumped a first pitch fastball and, you know, hit it out the left center. 97. Mm-hmm. Down, too. It was a little down. Yeah. yeah. And it, that, I was so, anybody can go back and watch the highlights of this game. Like, it was a good game. It was a 0-0 going, like, to the eighth. Uh, you guys scored on a in an air to third base, and then you hit that home run. You know, it went five nothing. But McCutcheon made a nice play. Billy Hamilton made a nice play out there. And we do our research here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what was it? Two for four. I had it written down with three ribs. What pitch? And a bomb. Was the bomb. It was a fastball. Fastball down. Yeah. Yeah, a little angle, a little lefty. And then the Gatorade bath was textbook, <laughs> didn't move a muscle. He saw it coming, too. They walked out in front of him, and he was just like, post it up. It's on the internet. You can Give look it to at me. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, you were going to – you said David Freeze was awesome. Like, what like about some of those those veteran guys that you picked up early that you use in your routine? Um, I just noticed how focused he was in the cage. You know, he wasn't – you know, jaw jacking with people around, you know, just he was he had his routine and so, that's what he so did. business. Yeah. Professional. You know, he was mm. he was, went about his, you know, business professionally. And um every swing meant something. And you know, I was in there just like, oh, I'm gonna get loose, you know. I didn't know what I was I was just swinging. Um but just being around David Freeze was because he was like a guy I watched 2011 World yeah. Series, like Cardinals, just a legend. You know, it was David Wright and David Freeze for me. Those are my two guys I watched. And so being on the same team as him, he was actually my first RBI on that home run too. I'll never forget it. And just about his professionalism, you know, even though he wasn't playing every day because he has like banged up ankles and feet and stuff like that. Um, how intense every at bat with him was every pitch he's locked in, you know, sticking with his approach, you know, right center is his thing. He pounds right center gap and, you know, hits homers that way. Um, but yeah, just being around some of those veteran guys and watching how they go about their businesses. That's, that's where I took a lot of information and realized how important pregame routine is. So, Learning from those guys was huge. And I hear stories like your first suit and all that. Were there was somebody that bought you your first suit, or was there something where a veteran has to do something for you, or even the rookie hazing? Did you guys have to wear like some Halloween costumes, or you know how they do that <laughs> with those guys? Yeah. So, again, going to David Freeze, he bought me my first suit. And so that was the next spring training. Because they have all these people come in, all the companies, uh, bat, clothes, all this stuff. They come in and, um, yeah, he was like, hey, go to these two girls. They're going to get you hooked up with a suit. Just don't worry about it. I got it. All right, let's do it. And, you know, I got a, got a suit and he paid for it. And You still have it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Still use it. Um, and then as far as the, the rookie stuff, I remember in spring training that, that same year, um, they had, it was coming down to the end, so there was like the rookies that were going to be on the team or at least get called up. And 
they did like skits. And so I was in a skit with uh, Joe Mus- Joe Musgrove, also yeah. with the Pirates, he was with the Astros on the World Series. And so he was kind of like the leader of our little skit thing. And we're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And he's like, what, what if we do like a fake, you know, bodybuilding like competition? <laughs> and we're like, all right, whatever. And so we, uh, <laughs> so we go and uh, and we're preparing for it. And we have... He's he's the one that's supposed to say everybody's nickname for the body competition, and we go in the back and we're we're doing the oil, baby oil right, and we're all in like like the the speedo kind of things, and one of our buddies sees some dirt and he starts rubbing dirt on him, and it looks like you're like super tan, you know, and so we <laughs> rub dirt all over us, man. And spring training, you get that red the red dirt too, so the clay brick, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we had the, the the red clay, we rub it all over us and stuff, and um. You know, the rest is history. So that was kind of the rookie hazing thing. That's cool, man. Those are those are good stories that you know you don't hear people. Right, normal people don't know the stuff that goes on and how much fun it is. And I know you wanted to know, like how fun how how fun is it? Just, I, you're in the big leagues, this man. This morning, like, I'm telling my wife, she's like, "So you're doing your your show today?" I'm like, "Yeah, we're doing it lunchtime." I just want to ask him how much fun are you having? How much fun is it, man? I I can't. Like surreal, yeah, it is, man. It's it's. <clears throat> I remember my first year, like looking in the mirror every time I brush my teeth, and I'm like, I'm a big leaguer. Like I get to say that for the rest of my life, you know, and I'll never take it for granted ever. Um, and I still say it. I still say it when I wake up in the morning, and I'm, I'm like, I'm in the big leagues, man. This is where I've always wanted to be. This is something I've always worked for. You know, all the good and the bad you know you've been through um just kind of resonates with you and I, I even have a list on my phone you know when I was going through some things I, I wrote down you've you've earned the right to be here because sometimes you don't you don't realize I mean you don't feel like you belong and so I wrote down a bunch of stuff on my phone you know what I've been through um encounters you know obstacles all that stuff and yeah, man, it's there's nothing better than the show. <laughs> nothing better. I couldn't imagine. I yeah. Couldn't imagine. It's uh, yeah. I just thought, man, that's that's cool. I'm waking up, shower, go to work. You know, not that I don't love being a dad. That's that's what I love. You know, that's my big leagues. But uh, we're we're big leaguers to our kids. Yeah, sure. We're we're, Absolutely. we're big. Just we're big in general. To most people, though. So, um, you know, and then, so you get traded. Like, I wanted to get into that next. You, you From Pittsburgh to to Cleveland, kind of get into that. Because it's, you know, Trevor Bauer's got that momentum on YouTube. I don't know if you've watched any of it. It's pretty good stuff. Um, he went through his process of him being traded this last year to Cincinnati. Uh, and it looks like it's extremely chaotic. Um, like it's completely life changing. Uh, what was your process? Um, I remember I was, I was working out in San Diego, you know, getting, getting ready for the year and I'm driving to, I get, I get done. I'm driving to Musgrove's house cause we were staying together last off season. And, uh, I get a call from Neil Huntington, the GM of the pirates. And he's like, Hey Loop, uh, how's your off season going? Good, you know. Um, well, I'm gonna get right to it. Um, we have traded you to the Cleveland Indians um, for 
a couple guys and a pro and, and some prospects. Um, so thank you for your time and, you know, best of luck. Okay. You know, thank you for, you know, drafting me and bringing me up and all that stuff. And that was it. That was the call. And I was just kind of like taken back a little bit. Like they don't want me anymore. They don't, they don't like what I bring to the table more than these guys. Took it personal. Oh man, oh I was like I was hot for a second, and you know obviously I called my agent, my mom, all that stuff, and luckily Joe was in the car. He's like, "Dude, this is great for you. They have nobody there. You're gonna get an opportunity to play. You're not gonna be stuck behind you know Corey Dickerson um, or Marte or Polanco. So, dude, this is great, and especially being." I guess being like the first name on each of the of the the top name on the trades is like important. He's like your name's there. You know, he had just gotten traded from Houston, so he's walking me through all this stuff and um I was like, you know, he put me in a better spot than what I was initially. Right. Like there is out. there is value. Right. Like where you thought they, they didn't value you. They actually did and all, you know what I mean? It just didn't feel that way. Right. Cuz like I mean you're they, worth not one player. You know, yeah. you're worth multiple, which is in the end. Right. Good. Right. And so I was like, you know what? These guys value me better or more than the pirates. And so that's kind of where I was with that. And I just went back to work, man. I was, you know, talked to all the guys over there and it's been unbelievable. They've treated me great. I love it over there. They they compete. They want to win. You know, now some of these organizations, you can see that they're like, ah, you know, we don't really want to call guys up or, you know, pay for guys, you know, when we're in a spot to win. So it was, it was, it was, uh, different, but I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad it happened. Good fan base. They love their sports over there. And you know? it's a pretty good outfield core. You know, I, I was telling him, you know, that Mercado had a good finish too and, Zimmer got back up. I hadn't seen Bradley Zimmer in the bigs. I, I don't know how long he'd been up there, but it's a pretty good group, man. Yeah. And younger guys. They're younger guys, you know. Yeah, you got Tyler Naquin, too. Yeah, Naquin. Um, yeah. yeah, it was a good young core coming up. What's it like with uh, Terry Francona? What kind of manager? Like, very player guy. I mean, yeah, I mean, he kind of stays to himself, man. Like, he'll talk to you whenever you want to talk to him, and he's a normal average guy, you know, he likes shooting the shit and, you know, talking baseball and whatnot. But I mean, he kind of stays to himself and, you know, he has a great time playing baseball too. I mean, or coaching, I should say. Um, Yeah. I mean, he seems intense. He's, or is he just laid back too? He's laid back. Yeah. He's like, it's just that look. He just has that look on his face. (laughs) It looks like he's always running though. Yeah. Like he's, he's nonstop. His brain's just going. I mean, it's a chaw or gum or his cheeks full or, you know. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch out for the, the Tito bombs. <laughs> on you get some gum stuck in your shoe and <laughs> down there, yeah. Were you there when, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, were you there when uh, Bauer chucked the ball over center field? Oh, I was in right. <laughs> I just, I didn't want to forget about that. Well, Because he, I don't, I've seen... The best part is you see coaches get pissed, and you played for Coach Hurdle, right? Like he seemed yeah. like he was a pretty intense guy too. Yeah. Coach Frank, he looked furious. 
I mean, Bauer looked like he apologized. Like, and you right don't have away. to. You don't have to say anything if you don't want to. But what was your thought though when you saw that? Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> did he just arm. do that? <laughs> <laughs> that is impressive. How far did it go over? It, hit the, it went. It hit the batter's eye in Jeez. in Kansas City, and that's not like that's a deep park. <laughs> yeah. Wow, this guy's. So he literally Good threw program. it. That's like what four, maybe four twenty, and so he's sixty feet closer. Still threw it about four three eighty, almost. Yeah. Jeez, and he didn't really get in. Like he got into it a little bit, but it wasn't like a. He took like one little tiny crow hop, but he was still about <laughs> that's deep. Yeah, he was. He's just a competitor, though, man. That's just like, yeah. You know, at that level, you're just so locked in, and you want to do so well, and. You know, he holds himself to a higher standard than other guys and, you know, takes it personal, um, I think, when he does bad. But that's just, that's him, man. He wants to win. Yeah. He wants to do well. And he knows if he does well, he's going to help the team. Yeah, I like I like his channel, man. If you haven't checked out Momentum on, on YouTube, it's really good stuff. I mean, when he got traded, I remember they interviewed Kipnis. And it was almost like, you know, you guys were kind of down about it. Like, you know, he was kind of... Like you said, he's the competitor. That's what you want out there for you. You know, you want to play behind a pitcher that's competing for you every time. And Kibnis kind of just said, he he didn't say it wasn't good, but it just came off about like, why? You know, kind of. I mean, how do you feel when that happened? And And then you get, I can't stand the guy. The guy you got, I can't stand him. I think, but I don't know. I don't know what kind of person because I've heard the person he is is different than what we see on the field. Um, so go, just tell us how did that feel like the clubhouse with him going, and then how was Puig as a teammate? Um, you know, it was it was like a bittersweet because we knew we were making moves to make our team better, to make you know, we needed a couple more bats, and um, that's what they went out and got. So it was like, yes, we're going for it. You know, they want to win. We want to make the playoffs. And at the same time, you got a guy who's, you know, got a reputation for being a really, really good pitcher that you just let go. And man, it was, it was, it was bittersweet. That's, that's pretty much all I got to say about that. You know, everyone said their goodbyes and, you know, best of luck and stuff like that. But you also got to be like, yes, this, we're welcoming in these new guys and Fran Mill Reyes and Yasiel Puig, you know. Fran Mill's a big dude. He's massive. He's a D end. Yeah. He's huge. Was he like six, 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 seven, like three hundred pounds almost? Yeah. Yeah, he's a big dude. Solid though. Yeah, he's the best guy. He seems like a nice Unbelievable, guy. man. Just the nicest human being and you know, just a big teddy bear. Um, always like come up to you, what's up, man? How you doing? Like you, know, you gotta do that. To no, you gotta do the Latin accent when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> he actually had pretty good very good uh, English, yeah. It was it was it was Puig. It was hard to understand sometimes, <laughs> but uh, no, he's a different animal, man. He's the best, the best person. Like he'll always talk to you, say what's up, um, you know. But he's always he's doing his own thing, you know. He you got to realize these guys grew up different, especially these Cuban guys. They're not like Dominican, Venezuelan, you know, Colombian guys. They're they're different. They grew up in a different kind of place and. Once you realize that, you kind of understand, all right, this is why he does some of the things he does. But, I mean, you got to take with the good and the bad, the good with the bad with, from him. So um. He doesn't seem intimidated by much, that's for sure. You know, like he's going to be the first one to go back a teammate. I mean, like him or not, 
Well, I mean, he almost fought the whole Pittsburgh team yeah. the day before the day he got traded. They he was already out of the game because he got traded, and he went back out there to fight. Uh, it was Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and the Reds. So, were you a part of any of those beanball? I mean, you Pittsburgh's had some epic yeah. game with, with Chicago. I think uh, I'm sure it was Cincinnati one. There was one just a series where it was just like five a game. It seemed like. Yeah, it's it's um, part of Pittsburgh's like mo. They they like to pitch inside with fastballs. They like to get guys uncomfortable and you know pitch to both sides of the plate. And from the from the first day I got there to the day I left, that was that was what they did. And I've been in numerous bench clears, never really any brawls, you know, like they had. But um, it finally got to that point where it was like, you guys are pitching in. And hitting too many guys. If you can pitch in for strikes or close, you know, close calls, then that's fine. But once you start hitting too many guys, you know, then it's it's like, all right, you guys got to stop. There's, there's there's a line, and so I just think that uh, they kind of had it, you know, with uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and stuff happened. Have you had any like? Um, I'm trying to think of the right word. Not hate. No, like, no. Like, you have like a, <clears throat> like you and a pitch, a certain pitcher, maybe? Well, no, I'm thinking like Starstruck. Oh. Have you had any moments? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it's like, shit. <laughs> I'm sharing the field with this guy today. Even now, like, it's like, damn, that's. Like, it, like it, you have to look back. Like, I'm really right here. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I know, I know Lester. Lester was a big one. Um, and, you know, he owned me pretty well, I think, because of that. Trout, and I got to play against him in spring this year, and that was pretty cool. You know, get to see what he does in, in person, you know, on the field. Also, I played with Hanley Ramirez this year. He was on the team early, and, you know, it didn't work out because he didn't, you know, perform the way he wanted to and, and whatnot. But just being around him and seeing how good of a guy he is and how much he wants to win and all this stuff. and He's had, He had some big moments in his career, too. Just looking back, like, you know, you you meet him and then you're like, all right, I'm gonna go YouTube some of his videos, you know, <laughs> see what he did, and it's wild what he did in Boston, man. And um, yeah, it's crazy. I got to meet um, Pedro Martinez in the in the locker room the last game of the year, and he signed a ball for me. It was pretty cool. Yeah, so like you have old guys coming in. Jim Tomey comes in a lot, like. It's wild. Yeah, that's sweet, man. I mean, and I get it. You you know, you're a professional athlete. You're a big leader. You need not just your first year. You've had, you know, a few years now. You know, you you got to stay focused and I mean, obviously, they're Hall of Famers. I'm sure anybody's excited to meet Pedro or or Tommy, but you know, even John, Jason was saying like you just get you get in the flow and it's like they're just they're just dudes. We're all in the big leagues. Like we're yeah. we're, you know, the goal is, is becomes the, the the priority and the, you know, you're not so starstruck anymore. But do you get that sense of like, dude, I want like a, I want to trade jerseys with a guy or I want to get a, a bat of this player because you have stuff you collect, you know, that's just part of the game and what you do. And are there some guys where it's like, I don't know if I can ask him, you know, or you feel more comfortable. Yeah, that's uh so there's a thing that, you know, if you're playing a team, you can send balls over to the other team and ask the clubbies will be like, hey this person on the other team wants your autograph on this ball. And some of them say yes, some of them say no. And so, um, like, I, I haven't done that yet. I'm just not comfortable, like, 
Yeah, you know, I just feel like I'm not like big enough name to do that yet. But you know, some guys do it, and they'll, they'll probably be like Leplo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not. I know. Man. Everybody says Leplo. Yeah. I did. I did with uh, with Manzalino. Yeah, man, it's whatever, man. I'm, it doesn't matter. I'm over that. But I, I, there, we were in Houston, and a guy sent over balls to Altuve, and they came back and put him in my locker. And it said Luplo. They were in like a vanilla bag, right? <laughs> and I was like, I look around. I'm like, what the, is someone messing with me right now? Like, why did Altuve send me? And I, they're like, um, like, did he win the World Series MVP that year? Uh, was it George Springer. Yeah, it was George oh, it was Springer. Springer? Uh, yeah, maybe it was, he was. Oh, the league MVP. He, he, he was league MVP. Been, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it was. He was league MVP. And so he was, beat out Judge. That's right. That's right. It was league MVP. And uh, I was like, Jose Altuve, you know, 2000, whatever, whatever it was. You know, 17, MVP, I think. 2017 MVP. Yeah. And I was like, why would he send these over to me? You know, I was like, what is going on? So I was like, why did I ask Jose Ramirez? I was like, why, why did Altuve do this? And he starts laughing and like all this stuff. And so I think like people are messing with me, right? But some guy in our locker room, Mike Freeman, sent over balls, and they just got us mixed up the names, you know, because we look kind of similar and, and stuff. So they they had a good laugh about that because I was kind of did you snag out. one? You snagged no, one. he didn't let me. And um, by I the way, have. he was like, "I asked Jose Ramirez." <laughs> okay, he just had seven RBIs the other night. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I would be telling oh, this guy Saldati. He wants more shit. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then you got you know. Smiles, they call him. Yeah, yeah Lindor. Lindor's just amazing. Kluber. I loved watching him. We talked about that during the All Star game, and they mic'd the guys. Oh, and yeah. just hearing him direct traffic in an All Star game. Yeah, in an All Star, yeah. like that guy is just he's he's a dude, man. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's young too. You don't realize like he's my age. He's twenty six, and he's doing what he's doing. I mean, and that shortstop, both sides of the plate. Um, He's a special player, man. I I got his. I actually did at the end of the year. I, I got his autograph, Kluber, uh, Carlos Santana, who I think is one of the best hitters I've ever seen in my entire life. His outs are loud. His at bats are unbelievable. Walks he, more than he strikes out. <clears throat> that's that's guys don't do that anymore, man. No. So seeing it for I mean I hit right behind him. I was like, this is special. Like he what he does every day. He he was there right and then. He got traded. What happened? I, yeah, I, he was there, and then he went to Philly, Philly for one That's year, right, last year and then Philly. he came back. He came back. <clears throat> yeah, he he is a great hitter. He's a professional, like you talk about. You know, talking about that, you had freeze with Pittsburgh. I mean, now you're you're in a room full of all stars. You know, and you were in Pittsburgh for the most part, but now you, I mean, you got a lot of all stars, and you get to see how professional guys are. You know, is it who who did you? Or have you? You're on the team. Have you really become really close with Kipnis? I started picking his brain early, and then um, just watching Lindor every day in the cage. You know, getting picking his brain because he can he can speak English really well. I mean, yeah, yeah, he does. Puerto Rico or whatever. He doesn't so. even seem like he's he seems like he's American. Does Kipnis have a little grudge against you for going to Fresno State? No, no, because uh-huh. he was on that Arizona State team. In a way. Yeah. Yeah, he mentioned something about that. But uh 
you know, we try and keep that out of it. <laughs> I kind of kept that. I was like, I'm not going to talk about that with him anymore, you know. But, um, yeah, just. What are their approaches? Because I know you pick them uh, hitting, obviously, because you don't, you don't play the same position. So what, you know, are you picking their brain of what they're trying to do on the tee and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Like, what was a big different change for me is, so I went into spring training, and I was trying to do, like, I worked with this one of my friends and he, he was with the Astros for a little, a little bit, you know, and, uh, he tried to get me to do something and I just, it wasn't, it didn't click fully for me. I got the concept and it made sense to where you kind of put the bat here and you just go off your shoulder and you just go and just, I, I didn't feel any rhythm with it and that messed up my timing. And so, um, Lindor was talking to me about being 50, 50 on my feet. Like when you land, instead of like sixty forty on your backside or seventy thirty, <clears throat> so being fifty fifty on with my feet, getting me in that strong position to where I can use my lower half to dictate like how my swing's gonna be, that got me in a position to where I can fire better, and you know just staying flat through the zone, mentally for me that's that's where I was you know stay stay flat through the zone, and finish finish high. That was that was a big one. Fifty fifty, and finish high. With my back, with my top hand. And, and when I, you say finish high, just for the younger guys out there, you're not dropping your back shoulder. No, you're I, not dipping and finishing high that way. No, no, no. Kind of no. going to, you know, you're staying level and how you're finishing high. So it's almost like you see the, if you're looking at an L screen when they're throwing BP, I want to keep my bat in line with that middle bar. There's always a middle bar, so I keep I keep my bat. I feel like I'm on that plane of that um, that bar, and then as soon as I'm about to let go, either one hand, two hand, I try and finish high because that that keeps it keeps me from spinning, jeez, spinning off and uh, you know getting. So you're trying to stay head. through it longer, as long as possible, right? Before you finish, yeah, and so it helps me go here to it and stay on plane longer. And I'm not finishing like above my like you know I'm, I'm finishing yeah. normal, mm-hmm. but I'm not I'm not spinning low. You're not in and out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> okay, you're. We were talking about this earlier. I mean, you 15 bombs this year, 85 games, 83, 85. I think 83, Something 83 like or 85. 50, 58 ribbies or 50 something. I mean, great year. I think I just read the other day. You led the league in Helmers off lefties, I think. I could have sworn I read it. I don't know. Was it like seven or eight of your 15 or something? <laughs> 14, I don't know. 14 of my 15. 14 of your 15. So, yeah, maybe I'm right. You had, you had the most Homers off lefties. I mean, that's that's what I faced every day, man. It was, you know, people were like, oh, you're a lefty killer, all this stuff. Well, that's when I played. You know, I didn't face righties that much. You kind of, not towards the end, though, it seemed like you were in there every day. Yeah, man. They, well, it uh, seemed like they faced lefties every well, day. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. Because, I mean, every it seemed like every other day you're hitting is a that, bomb. Is that, how's that for you? Is that pretty difficult? Like, I mean, I guess not. You're in the bigs. Like, you're going to take whatever role you got to do to help the team contribute. Or that's got to be a team. mindset, though. For yeah. sure. But, like, I guarantee you, you know, you want to be in the lineup every day. I mean that's got to be difficult to not. I mean you're looking ahead to you're hot a then series you cold and who's left? He's coming. You know might go three days without starting. No man, I had to. 
<clears throat> I had to really uh, get in the right mindset and put my pride aside for the team. Honestly, I had to. You know, selfishly, I wanted to play every day. Everyone wants to play every day and be an everyday guy in the big leagues. But sometimes you got to pay your dues. You got to do what you got to do, and you got to make the best of it. That's that's kind of what I boiled it down to. Is this is my opportunity, so I have to take advantage of this. So I have to get really good at hitting lefties because that's when I'm going to play, and i got to find a way to do that. And so once I, once I change that mindset to, you know, know my role, this is my role on the team, this is what I'm doing, that's, that's when it took off. That's when it really, like, I started hitting really well. My confidence was high. Um, Embraced it. And- that's, what, that's what you got to do, yeah. man. Did, you have, did Tito ever let you know? Like, did he, you have an idea like this, hey, Loop, this is what? Your role is kind of. He never told me, but he told me by the playing time. It was, it was pretty self-explanatory. I didn't need to go in and why am I not playing off right? You know, bitch and complain. It's, I mean, it's the big leagues, man. This is like do I mean, or die. Yeah, like they get they're trying to win ball games, and you know they got the other guy that was platooning with me. He's doing the same thing. He's only hitting righties, so right. it's like you know we're both having having a hard time. But I had to change my mental state. Um, after the first part of the season, first few weeks, because I was just beating myself up every night. Like, oh, I only get three at-bats, and they pinch hit for me in the seventh or eighth, and then I have to wait two days to hit again, and I'm just, you know, I just embraced it. I just, you know, took the bull by the horns and did what I could with it. So that's probably where you're just like, where's that iron mic? I'm just going to wear you out (laughs) those those two days I'm off. I'm just going to get as many ABs as possible and, you definitely proved you're you are a lefty killer, and you had a great year. I mean, um, I think you batted two seventy six. That's that's a good average now in the big leagues. That's a high average, and fifteen bombs, fifty some ribbies in eighty five games. That's 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 amazing. Um, you know, we talked about you hitting home runs because you hit a lot of them this last month, and um, you don't pimp them. You hit them and you go, and you you kind of. You might look at it a little bit, but you're not a you don't pimp your homers. And the ones that I was that I'd seen on Twitter, they were pretty straightforward. Just run the bases. And Judge, we're, Judge does the same thing. Trout, Trout does, does the same, same thing. thing. And we're in that era of you know let the kids play. And I get that, but do you think it can get a little excessive? A little bit. I mean, the culture is changing in our game, um, and we got to accept it. It's becoming more Latin friendly as regards to how they play. Because they play like their kids. Right. I mean, they play with passion and fire. And I mean, it was, it started with that world baseball classic. Mm -hmm. That's when it all started, you know, the bat flips and this and that. And I don't know, man. I mean, I've, do you think people are just making it too big of a deal? Is it more from the old school players that is, I mean, and you're not doing it. It's just not your personality or. Yeah. It's not so much for me. I'll do, I'll do a little bit. But I feel like every time I do it, I mess it up. <laughs> like I tried to do it this year on uh, versus the Twins, and you know I got a, I got one pretty good to left, and I, I go to like <clears throat> throw my bat, and it sticks to my hand, the pine tar, and almost hits the catcher and the umpire, and I'm like, oh my god, this is terrible. And so the the catcher's pissed at me, and I'm coming to home. I'm like, hey, my bat, man. Like he's still pissed, so he's chirping. Was and that he, Castro? Castro, yeah, yeah. And so, and then I just remember in the minor leagues, whenever it happens, you know, these guys are pissed during the minors 
So they're the next at bat, I get hit in the back or the ribs or whatever, and then it's like, well, this is gonna hurt for a week. So it's like, I don't know. It's just not for me. I just think it's my personality. You know, I'll, I'll show a little bit, but I'm not gonna take 30 seconds to round the bases. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's also the argument of these pitchers. You know, throwing 95 to 100, almost everybody nowadays striking guys out and doing their thing. You know, so it's like, don't pimp a homer off me, but I'm going to, you know, have my little whatever after I strike you out. So, I mean, I think it's that tit-for-tat thing where... I bit that kid from Louisville in the College World Series because Vanderbilt. I hated that. Did you hate that? I hated that. He got got what he had coming, though. What happened to him? They lost. They lost. Yeah. You know, give him the walk off too. Same kid gave up the or no? Did he get pulled or he gave? He up got the, pulled, but that thing he came. It out was his run though. Yeah, yeah. It comes around, man. It does. I'm telling you, well, it's like baseball gods, man. They don't disrespect the game. Never. What okay. did uh, Augie Augie say? This game chooses no sides, man. It screws everybody. At some yeah. point, yeah. it'll humble you, humble you real quick. Well, do that many times. I. uh I really appreciate you doing this, man. I thought it was pretty cool, you know, considering the season ended Sunday for you to hit us up Tuesday, just surprise us and hey, I'm in town, let's do it. Uh that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, thank you for having me on, man. Thank you for you know, squeezing in the time. Nah, I appreciate dude. it. Any any time. Anytime. We um, drove, we like we said, we probably got fired from our jobs for you, so <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. I'll talk to the boss. But uh no, dude, it, it had a great twenty nineteen. I think yeah. you solidified yourself. I do too. Um, and it's awesome, man, to see a local guy like seriously have a, a seriously good year and and be a guy like that. Last month, man, you were as hot as anybody on that team. Yep. Uh, so good luck going forward too. We'll be, we'll definitely be rooting for you. And uh, I know you're, I know you're itching for spring training since you guys came so close. But uh, yeah, man, we're proud of you. I know everybody in our our area is proud of you and. Uh, just keep doing what you're doing, man. You do it the right way. Yeah, guys guys that we've talked to have spoke super highly of you. Brink was spoke you very high regard. Uh, so uh before we go, I know it didn't end how you wanted it to, but who do you got? Winning it? <sighs> I pick I picked the Astros. Are you going with you Judge since it's your boy? No, you gotta go with the Astros. You have to. Like, I think a sneaky series everyone's gonna love though is the twins and Yankees. The oh, twins yeah. can bop. They yeah. those boys can all year hit, long, man. man. I was firsthand standing there watching balls go over my head. They're going Paxton game one. I mean, CC's not on ruthless. the CC didn't make the roster. Oh, he didn't. No, I mean he's obviously there, but yeah, yeah. he didn't make the roster. Yeah, man, dude. But yeah, the Astros are just dude. That three-headed monster with freaking Grinky now. It's unbelievable. And the back end of their bullpen's pretty soft. And yeah. then their lineup, man. I mean their lineup is scary. but can Correa get healthy? But do they need Correa? I mean that's what I was telling I mean, them. Do they really need him? He didn't play the last. look at his from from all star break to the end of the year. Yeah. He was hurt most of the second half. No, he was. Yeah, Diaz, Diaz, Diaz did good. Yeah. Well Diaz can hit. Yeah. I you mean, know, Bregman Bregman you, you, how, in. how is he? Who? Bregman. I I'm mean not, I'm not too sure. I haven't really spoken to him. How I mean you well playing against him? Does he seem like a good guy or is he cocky? I think he's confident. I don't. I, I mean, he just has that swag. He, but that he puts confidence. in that work. He yeah, does. Man. He puts he does. in the work and like it shows up in the game. Like he'll. I mean, from what I've heard, you know, he'll talk about something and he'll do it. You know, there's guys that talk about doing something or changing something or 
something happening and it doesn't work out, like he makes it happen. Yeah. I love his swing too. He seems like he's on plane. I mean, you talk about a level swing. Mm -hmm. You look at all, I mean, he's five, six, five, seven hitting 40 bombs and he's got a level swing as you can have. Yeah, man. I love it. And I think the Dodgers need to be careful with in a five game series with the Nats coming off some momentum because that offense isn't bad either. Well, you have, well, we both have the, the Dodgers Braves. Yeah, I have the Braves. And going then we both to, have the Astros Yankees. And then we have Astros. I have, you have Astros Braves. I have Astros Dodgers with the Astros winning. We both just, have Astros. because I'm a Braves fan. That's, I had to, they're good too, man. They are. They're sneaky. Yeah, I just don't know if offense. their pitching can hold up though. Yeah, I don't know. They're going Keiko tonight. I think well, it's, it's a good right move. there. Keiko versus Nicholas Flaherty. Flaherty had a good year too, man. He Flaherty second off, half was yeah. he was, he was like sub point, one point six eight. Yeah, second half ERA, and he's a California kid too. Yeah. yeah. Well, we won't take up any more time. We could do this all day. Oh yeah, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> this was awesome, here. dude. I I I love this. Before you head out, we'll uh, we'll get together again or something and uh, talk some more baseball. But man, thank you yeah. again for doing this and. Uh, Guys, that's episode 18 of the Hit or Die podcast. Chad, anything? Hit or die. Hit or die, die, baby. Thank you. You can get the Hit or Die podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, and iHeartRadio. The show is also available on YouTube. For news and updates about the show or to get involved, check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Hit or Die Podcast.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.